Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 152. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I'm so excited to introduce a very special guest, Randy Popst. Randy, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Hey, Mark, I got all my SafeRacer.com five-point harness and Hans on. <laughs> I'm ready to go, man. All right. It feels like the office. That's normal for me. Buckled in. <laughs> Buckled in and ready to go. Awesome. Great to have you here. Randy Popes is a road racing driver with over 80 wins on the track. He's had factory driving contracts with Porsche, Audi, Mazda, Volvo, and he's currently racing with Mazda racing a Mazda MX-5 Miata in the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. Randy's also a journalist, and he's been writing columns in Sports Car Magazine for over 10 years, and he's conducted extensive testing with Motor Trend Magazine. And Randy just came off a victory in the Thunder Hill 25-hour in the Davidson Racing Norma Sports Racer, and he's preparing for another race today as we talk, so I'm really happy to have him here. So Randy, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share some more about your history, your racing career, your interests, and of course, your passion for automobiles? Well, I'm thinking about making a book uh, out of my columns. And the title that occurred to me was Stumbling Across the Finish Line First. <laughs> and the reason I say that is I am not one of those shiny guys that's does everything right and is super on the ball and is a go-getter. I'm not. Uh, somehow, this career, it's like a dream career. It is something that I could only have imagined, you know, asleep in the middle of the night. <laughs> it happened. It happened. Yeah. And it started for me because of a sport called autocross. I just stumbled on an event when I was a kid in college. I had a really cool little Datsun 510 because I've always been a car guy, and I did that first run on a little autocross course in a mall parking lot, and I knew I had found something that I loved. And from that moment on, I have done every single autocross at first and now race that I can. Wow. It's, 
it's like a drug addiction, Mark. You probably understand that because you love cars. Oh, yeah. And I, I want to get on track or get up in the mountains and drive the curves and have a great time. And it, all the way up till right now, I'm working on my own El Cheapo race car. I call it Happy Moose Racing. <laughs> We're going down to Homestead, Florida for a 24-hour chump car race. It's for cheapo cars uh, with all the safety equipment. It's a great time. And so this career happened step by step. From the autocross, I made my first sponsor connections. And after college, I started my own race team for a couple of years. And when I ran out of money, I was able to talk another guy into hiring me as a driver. That is a big, big step in a career. And from then on, it was T.C. Klein. We were racing Hondas in the late 80s. And we won the first two races that I did with T.C. Awesome. And it just kind of built from there. I raced for T.C. for years. And then I, he ran out of money. <laughs> <laughs> and I stumbled into a ride with Alex Job racing in a Porsche because... I was from Florida, and so was the Alex's team, and yeah. they saw me wandering around the garage at Watkins Glen, <laughs> and that, my first ride with Alex, we won the race, Wow! and that led to a bunch of good rides with Alex, which led to the Porsche contract, and then uh, I had that for one glorious year, and then after that, I got a ride in World Challenge, just really luck, the the guy, a guy named Mitch Wright, who was running SECA Pro Racing at the time, uh, called me up and said, hey, I've got a team that needs a good driver. And that was 3R Racing, which eventually became K-Pax much later in my career. Mm -hmm. And guess what? We won the first race again. Wow. But my whole career was, like I say, stumbling across the finish line first. <laughs> it just <laughs> it just happened. It, it, I don't recommend this as a strategy, <laughs> but when I look back, it is amazing how uh, when one door closed, another one opened, yeah. just like that saying that you hear. Well, as I sit here right now at the end of 2014, I'm hoping that my door with Mazda stays open for 2015, so cross your fingers. Well, we all have our fingers crossed for you, crossed for you Randy, and... Uh... I think you definitely need to write that book. That sounds like an excellent, excellent idea. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. And this is something that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Randy, take the wheel. You know what, Mark? I've got this kind of uh, spiritual but not religious side like you see in the... Uh the old Match.com uh, yeah. pages. Uh -huh. And I've, I've done a little bit of reading uh, in different religions and philosophies, from Christian to Buddhist to Taoist, uh, even Islamic, uh, because religion really interests me. I was raised in the Church, and one quote that struck me hard was by a Taoist philosopher named Lao Tzu, and it's really pronounced Lao Tzu, but what he said was, wherever you go, go with all your heart. Mm, and yeah. that spoke to me, and that's how, that's how I try to live life. If I choose to do something, I want to do it with 
all the passion and interest and focus that I have. Great. And fortunately for me, in the race car, that happens very naturally. <laughs> I don't have to turn it on. It just happens. And in fact, Mark, I think it's related to ADD. <laughs> really? Now that's interesting yeah. correlation. Why do you think that? I was reading an article probably 15 years ago about attention deficit disorder, ADD. Mm-hmm. And as I went through the symptoms, they were not what I expected. Somewhere, but it wasn't all about being easily distracted. Some of the things that they talked about really spoke to me. Mm-hmm. Like one was, when you're watching TV, does somebody have to come tap you on the shoulder to get your attention? Yeah, because you're so focused. Like, yes. Even if I don't like the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, when I was married to a wonderful lady named Linda Post, I drove her nuts because, and I'm sure a lot of, especially women out there in the <laughs> audience can relate to this, she would talk to me and I wouldn't even hear her. Yes. Even if she was sitting right next to me. She had to literally touch me or shake me. Randy, I'm talking to you. Oh, I'm sorry. What, right. what, what? That's a sign of ADD. Interesting. Another sign is, I don't know, if you've got a kid who plays video games, almost everybody does if you have children. You'll notice they're like that. And I had a, um, a family member who a couple times wet his pants <laughs> because he was so into the game. Oh, my gosh. He could, he could not tear himself away to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And he was plenty old enough to know better. Yeah. But it's that sign that's something that's, if something interests that you like interests you so much that you shut out the whole world, that's a sign of ADD. <laughs> well, it's it's a really interesting relationship. And I understand because I did some vintage racing. And when you're on the track, when you're driving, you're so focused, you cannot think of anything else. It's not like the commute to work where you could get to work and forget the whole drive. Like, I don't even remember getting here. But on the track, you cannot do that. Same with riding motorcycles or you're going to get whacked. So I understand how that relates. Right. You know, you focus so intently. And that's what I enjoyed about racing was because you were so focused that nothing could enter your mind that would mess with you like it does during a normal day when you're trying to just function and all these things are bombarding you. That's fascinating. I find that really interesting. Would you do me a favor here and share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? Tell me about that pivotal moment as you remember it in your life when you really knew you were a car guy. Uh, my mother says that I was born with a toy car in my hand. <laughs> so for me, it is genetic. I have loved cars since I was a little, little boy. And my primary pastime throughout childhood was playing with cars. Mm-hmm. I had matchbox cars back in the day. Yep. And then that turned into Hot Wheels cars in the early 70s, I'm in my 50s now. Yep. And so when I got a little older, I could start thinking about a driver's license. My sister is two years older, and she started driving. I was utterly focused on that. I couldn't wait for that moment. But one of the most striking early experiences I had actually came on a motorcycle, but it could have been in a car. It was on a motorcycle because when I was... At 15 years old in Florida, I don't even know if they'd still let you do this. You could ride a small motorcycle on the street by yourself. Okay. And 
So the day of my birthday, I have my mom down there at the license bureau at 9.01 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and I got my restricted permit. Yeah. And my generous father had already bought me and my brother little motorcycles that we had ridden around the uh, apartment complex where we lived at the time, just moved to Florida. So I'm 15 years old. I come home. I've got a license now. And I get on this motorcycle, and I ride out of the parking lot onto the street. Legal. Mm-hmm. Everything's legal. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for me, that was an amazing experience. To It's like walking into a play where I'm in this place where it has its own set of rules, and it's a new world, and I love it. Yeah. And I had a similar experience a year later when I got my real driver's license and I was able to drive by myself for the first time. (laughs) And then I had a similar experience would have been 16 to 26, 10 years later. Mm -hmm. It took me that long to get on a racetrack after autocrossing in my first driver's school. We drove around a couple of laps under yellow and then they took down the yellows and went green. And it was that same experience. Here I am on track in a race car, it was like I walked into a play with a, with its own set of rules, a whole new experience I've been dreaming about, and it was just an incredible moment in my life. And guess what? what? In the very first corner, Roebling Road in Savannah, Georgia, I'm going around the first turn. The guy ahead of me gets off the road a little bit and spins right in front of me, and I hit him. Oh. <laughs> My first corner of racing, I had my first crash. Well, (laughs) at least you got that out of the way, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I sat there on the corner. I I was able to get my car over. It wasn't real bad, but I couldn't drive it anymore at the time. I sat there waiting for the session to end by the worker station thinking, wow, what a start to my racing career. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Wow. Well, wonderful stories. I love it. Uh, Randy, what I'd like to do now is, is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and, and really crawl under the hood here and ask you to share a huge challenge or a great failure. In racing, boy, there's you're, it's like you're full of challenges, full of failures, but also full of victories. And we'll get to those victories in a minute. But the most important part of this is share with us how you overcame that one situation and what you really learned from it. Well, the absolute worst moments in racing are the crashes. Mm-hmm. And no, there's something worse than that. The worst, lowest point I ever had in a race was when somebody crashed me uh. on purpose. Oh, And frankly, even to this day, I'm still trying to get over that one. Yeah, <laughs> I would imagine. That was a real low point, and I don't call it a failure. In fact, in many ways, it was a big success. But there was a driver whom I had made angry the race before. This was a pretty big race. It was TV, sports car, famous. Yeah. And I had raced the guy real hard for the lead at the beginning of a long endurance race. And it made him angry. Hmm. And I didn't realize. I thought we had a good race, right? And yeah. I was trying to get him to make his tires go off because I knew his car had that issue that its tires would go off worse than the Porsche I was driving. Mm -hmm. And they did. (laughs) So 
I had pull, but he caught me. He was quicker than me, passed me. I passed him back. We went back and forth a couple times. Then his tires started going off. I went, got by him, and I got away. And by the end of the stand, I had a nice 20 or 30 second lead, and I was leading the race. Awesome. Everything was beautiful. High five in the crew members when I got out of the car, blah, blah, blah. We went on to run very well in the race, finished well. Well, the next race is about three or four weeks later, and a mutual friend of mine who knows both of us called me up and he says, Hey, so and so's really mad at you. He says he's going to take you out. Ooh. And I was like, What? Really? <laughs> Why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? So uh, he didn't know. So I tried to call him. And I kept, I always get his machine, and I leave a message. I say, call me back. Let's talk about it. What's what's going on here? And um, next race, I saw him in the paddock first, you know, when we got there. And and I said, hey, how are you? I, I heard that, you know, something's up. How are you doing? And he looked at me and he said, I'm busy. He turned around and stalked away. And I thought, mm. uh-oh. Yeah. There's a, there's a problem here. This guy is mad at me. Yep. And so we go out and we run the races, and there, I'm in both races. I'm in the big GT race, and I'm in the street stock race. Near the end of the street stock race, I see the car parked. That's right, parked on the side of the road from the team that this guy's on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, inside, I said to myself, I hope that's the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's parked, right? And we're running fourth. We're running well. And... As I come out onto the front straight, the race is almost over. There's probably only 10 minutes left in the race, three-hour race. And as I come on the front straight, I see the other one. And I see him going kind of slow, and I see his arm come out the window, and he's pointing to the pits like I'm coming in. And I can tell he's got brake problems. He can't, he can't brake the car very well. Mm-hmm. So... As I catch the car, we're going into a sequence of corners at Road Atlanta, leading into the S's, and uh, he's going slow because it's clear from pumping the pedal and everything, he doesn't have much, if anything, in the way of brakes. And so I'm going by him as we're dropping down into the S's, which is about a 100-mile-an-hour sweeping corner. Mm-hmm. And as I go by, boom, he hits me. Oh, geez. Knocks me all kind of sideways. Most cars, it would have spun me, but fortunately, this was a street-type car, and it had a lot of steering angle, mm-hmm. steering correction. Yeah. So I'm sliding down the hill sideways. I mean, it could easily have destroyed the car. Maybe hurt me, probably not, but it happens. Yeah. Uh, this was, a, this was a, a learning moment for me. I'm sideways. He goes by me. But guess what? Thank you, Skip Barber Skid Pad Training. Mm-hmm. I Skip Barber Racing School, that is. In fact, I used to teach the Skid Pad early in my career. All I right. caught the slide, and he's still on the road, and I keep going. And we're heading for turn six at Road Atlanta after a short straightaway. Now I'm behind him again, and <laughs> he can't. He doesn't have brakes, and I'm catching up. And I thought, okay. So he's mad at me. He was going to take me out. He's hitting. He's hit me. Yeah. We're running fourth. The race is almost over. Should I pump this turkey into the gravel, or should I just go right on by and keep doing my job? Well, 
I made the wrong decision. I went right on by. I keep doing my job. <laughs> 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 because guess what? I went, I go by and I left a lot more room so we couldn't, couldn't get stab you. me in the back again. Yeah. yeah. But from seven, you go right, six, you go right into seven almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And it's a slow corner that leads on the back straightaway. Well, he runs into me from behind. He's, oh, jeez. He's using me for breaks, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Knocks me all sideways, catch it. And so the big success here, in two attempts, he failed to spin me. <laughs> good, good. Oh, my and gosh. I, I kept going. I kept going. Finished the race fourth. He actually goes off at the end of the straightaway and tears the whole air dam off of his car. Uh, before he goes into the pits. Yeah. Oh, and, man. Uh, wow. I come in after the race. I tried to talk to him. It was really very unsatisfying. Uh, um, yeah. He was just really angry. He says, you raced me too hard. I said, I didn't hit you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thought that's what racing but, was all about. Yeah. I thought that's what racing was. You know, it was TV. It yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Yeah. All I can do is just sort of accept it and realize that there are people in the world who live that way and he's had a long successful career wow wow well let's do this let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum and i'm going to have you share a story with me when you had a real aha moment in your career and maybe it's the time when you realize you know what i can actually race cars and drive cars for a living maybe it was something different but tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success well as i mentioned earlier i didn't build my career on, on a plan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one of those on-the-ball guys sitting at a desk with a to-do list. It just happened, Mark. Mm-hmm. And it happened because I wanted it so badly. Uh, there, are, there have been several moments over the years where my career continued because I just wouldn't give up. Uh, I wanted it so badly that I, I did some things that didn't make sense and that I didn't have a plan for. I just put my nose in it and figured it out when I, you know, step by step. Sounds like perseverance. Yes, and it's like another quote, uh, the longest journey starts with but a single step. Yes. You know, if you're, go- if you're going the direction you want to go, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Yep, <laughs> yep, yeah, just keep driving. <laughs> I found... A couple of times, things that encouraged me started out in my autocross, which is uh, an amateur sport, but I loved it so much that I wanted to find out if I was good at it. So I did what I could to make my car as good as it can be, which wasn't much because I never really had a very responsible job where I made money nine to five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in the local region autocrosses, I, I was winning. And so I went to the state championships a couple times in my early years, and I, and I won. Nice. And so I traveled to events further out. And what kept me going was that I seemed to be competitive with these other guys that seemed like they were really doing a good job. Yeah. And it always kind of surprised me a little bit. Because, <laughs> uh, again, going to the solo nationals, that was a big deal for me. In 1982 was the first time I went. And these guys are coming in on trailers, and they've got these beautiful, shiny cars with the latest tires on them. It wasn't as sophisticated as it is now, but I just borrowed 
a car from my brother and drove it out there on the tires it was on. <laughs> and I'm going, holy mackerel, I'm not going to be able to run with these guys. Well, guess what? Yeah, I could. There you go. I ran third. Awesome. And then the next year I was second. And then the next year I was first. Uh-huh. And when I transitioned to road racing, it was the same experience. I'm competitive. I can learn with these guys. I'm better than most of them. Yeah. And I'm as good as the best guys. Oh. <laughs> and it was that realization that kept me going. I, I believed in myself because I saw it on track. Oh, that's awesome. Well, how about proudest moment? I'm sure you've had so many with races and, and things you've done, but is there one in particular, one proudest moment in your career that really stands out in your mind? You know what? There is. And it was a long time ago in in a, a little race. It had come after two years of almost wins. For two years, I had a deal with Toyota, very small, but with help from Grassroots Motorsports Magazine, which used to be called Autocross Magazine. Yeah, Tim Sutter, he's been a guest on Cars, Tim yeah? Tim Sutter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Help from Tim Sutter and, all, and Grassroots Motorsports. I got a little baby deal together with Toyota, and we ran a Toyota FX-16 in the Firestone Firehawk series. And then the next year, we ran a Toyota MR2 Supercharged, because this was 87 and 88. And we did well, but we never won. But we woulda, coulda, shoulda won mm. over and over, including the very last race, which is another whole great story. If you ever have the hour-long show, I'll give <laughs> the whole story. Okay, that's a deal. So that's the, the setup, was we went through two years of hard, hard work and disappointment and scraping for money and, and, and you know, getting help from Toyota with these beautiful little cars and figuring out how we were going to run them and get them to the track. And something always went wrong. Mm. We were never quite able to grab a win, even though it was so close. And that's when I ran out of money. By the end of the second year, I was out of money. I couldn't continue the deal with Toyota because they were just helping me. They weren't funding it. Yeah. And, so I had to go looking for other rides. And I got a lot of help from my family. My dad actually lent me a little money to get me to the last couple of races. And uh, my sister and uh, my, my now ex-wife, Linda, and her parents all came. So we put together a family deal the next year. We go to a race in mid-Ohio. I borrowed a car from a friend that I made the year before. He let me take his, his truck and trailer and his Honda, the Honda Civic SI. <laughs> oh, wow. And the deal was that if, I, if we win any prize money, we split it. Mm -hmm. But, of course, if I wreck the car, i got to pay for that. And I'm already in debt to my dad, but I did it anyway, and I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of pressure. Oh, buddy. So we go to this race, and it's in the rain. I drove with Andy Pilgrim, too, by the way, who I'm still race with. He's a driver for Cadillac now. What a great guy, but this is 25 years ago. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and he did a great job. I get in the car. It's rain and bloody murder. And I didn't have enough money to run real rain tires. I was running the uh, shade tires. And in the wet, this was a problem. It hydroplaned a lot. And on the front straight at mid-Ohio, the car hydroplaned and I slid off and I hit the tire wall. Yeah. And uh, the corner, NCCA corner workers pushed me out. Actually, it was an IMSA race, but the, 
Corning workers are always Sports Car Club of America people, SCCA, pushed me out of the wall, and I get back on track, and it, the rain lets up, and the track's still wet, but there's no more puddles. Mm-hmm. And guess what? My shaved tires were now the hot setup. There you go. And I'm, I'm going, and I'm passing people, and I don't even know where I am. We used a CV radio. <laughs> oh, wow. We didn't have much radio. And I'm running around there, running around there, and near the end, I they tell me the leader is 30 seconds ahead, but I'm catching him two seconds a lap. It came down to I caught him on the last lap. Oh, my gosh. And we're at mid-Ohio. We're going into the keyhole, the old keyhole, with that wiggle on the way in. And I see him there, but his back window is completely dirty and muddy. You know how it is when the track dries and yeah. you just have the spray. Yeah. And so... I'm catching him. He's in a VW GTI, and I'm in a Honda Civic SI. Uh-huh. And as we go into the keyhole, there's this fast right-left. Have you driven there, Mark? No, I haven't driven on that track, no. When you enter the keyhole, there's a fast right-left in, like, fourth gear. And uh, then you break a little bit, go to third, and there's another right-left as you go around this sweeper. Uh-huh. On the fast and on the way in, because my tires are so much better than his, I caught him so fast, I almost hit him. Oh, gosh. I had to swerve to the outside. I just missed him. And now I'm outside him as we go into the next right-left. And he balks me uh. and uh, puts me off into the grass. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and in the pits, my, the team, I'm going to get tears in my eyes here. So yeah, they're just going but nuts. in the pits, it's my family is the crew. And they're listening to the announcers. And the announcers are like, because there's no TV feed on this race. And they're saying, he's caught the leader. And they're all cheering, woo! And they say, oh. He's in the grass. No, he's in the grass. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, and they're all depressed. Oh. Yeah. Well, at the keyhole, if you go off in the grass, you come back on in the middle of the keyhole. You're back. Nice. That's what I did. I slid all the way to the grass. And then came back the guy, on the track. The guy goes by, and boom, yes. Nice. I pop up back on track again in the middle of the next corner. <laughs> nice, nice. I go around onto the straightaway, and I'm behind the, behind the GTI again. But guess what? His mirrors in his back window, they're all fogged up. Can't see. He you. doesn't know. Yeah. He, he thinks, thinks, he thinks you're gone. done. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know that either, really. I just see. There he is, and I still got a shot at him by another miraculous moment. And so we go all the way down into the back half of the Middle Ohio track, what they call madness. I'm going through these S's, and I'm right on them. As we go into the madness section, it's like the second-to-last corner. He catches a slower car. Mm-hmm. And I see him slow a little bit, look at that car, and think, should I pass this guy here or just wait? And he decided to wait. Uh, well, that was my moment. Yeah, time to pounce. I was shooting down the inside. I passed both of them. Boy, it must have. He must have thought, "What the? Where did he come from?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was wow. Great. Oh man. And in fact, the overall leader in the faster class had gone off in the gravel in the last corner, and as I came around the last corner, he's just coming up on track, 
and he just barely beat me for the overall win. Wow. So he won overall in an Eagle Challenge. It was Jeremy Dale. Yeah. And then I was second in our little Honda Civic SI. Wow. And the whole team yeah. uh, is... Well, I mean, they're rolling down, they're crying. Yeah. Somebody, it was unbelievable. It was the greatest win ever. I always call that the greatest win ever. Awesome. That'll be a great chapter in your book then. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. That led, that led to my ride with T.C. Klein at the next race. Yeah. Which we won. There you go. And that led to the rest of my career. Awesome. Oh, what a great story, man. I was right there with you the whole time. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh, buddy. So cool. It was a miracle. Yeah. It was a miracle. And let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? There were two, but I'll say the first really special car to me was my 1972 Datsun 510. This was a long time ago. I, I bought that car in 1976. Great little cars. Great little car, two-door. And I didn't know much about cars at all, but I was drawn to the sportier cars. And I found out real quick that the Japanese cars were more reliable, <laughs> more affordable, too. And I, I saw this car. It was, it was so cool. It was lowered. It had Libra four-spoke wheels on it. The springs and shocks were orange. It had a rear sway bar hanging out that I could see, even though I didn't really understand quite how all that worked. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was a cool car. A little air dam on it. Yeah. That car still is a very special kind of car to me. I love those Datsun 510s. But for me, it was the right car to have when I discovered autocross. Because it was perfect for autocross. Oh, yeah. Of course, being manual. And it was the car that I ran in, in my first autocrosses. Mm -hmm. And it was a good handling car that really worked. So that was part of encouraging me to con continue at it yeah. because the, the car was well set up. Yeah. It was a sweetheart. That is a very, very special car to me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, here's a funny question for you, Randy. If Randy Popst was a car, what kind of car would he be and why? Oh, my gosh. I'm not a macho guy. I'm, I have a lot of um, fun in life. Fun is uh, what I'm all about. And believe it or not, I'm going to say a Mazda Miata. Yeah, that's a fun car. Not flashy, but fun. And, yeah. right. I think that that car actually defines me pretty well. So, Randy, next up is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, here's a little something for the Cars Yeah listeners. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYad.com and click on the free book button on the homepage. Download your free filler-up book today at Cars Yeah. Okay, Randy, we're entering the last lap. You're a racer. You know what that means. The white flag is out. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions. And you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? Yes, sir. Here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I'm supposed to give a quick answer to that? Yeah, I'm sorry. Don't crash. Oh, yeah, oh, don't crash. Okay. That's a good one. I like that, especially coming from a racer. Yeah. A guy who crashed on his first corner in his first race. <laughs> My first corner. It could also be said as, 
crashes suck. Yes, they do. Absolutely, in many ways. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your successes? I'm a healthy eater. I've been a vegetarian for 25 years, and to succeed in racing, you need to stay in shape. Do you have a resource that you could share with our listeners that you're really fond of? Maybe it's a website that you go to often, or maybe it's a blog that you get every day. I have had the privilege of doing a lot of work with Motor Trend Magazine, most of it video. And it's all on the Motor Trend channel on YouTube. Oh, yeah. So that's a great place to have a lot of fun with Motor Trend with all kind of cool cars, mostly brand new, but not all. And I'm on there. Awesome. Would you share a book that you're really fond of? Maybe it's something you recently read or something in your past that you think the Cars Yeah listeners should get their hands on. Can I do two? Yes, of course. One, if you're interested in track work, or even if you're not, uh, there's a Skip Barber Racing School book, Going Faster. Mm. It is so good. Written by Carl Lopez Jr. And read it, because when I race with you, I want you to know how to pass and not just pop me <laughs> off the road. <laughs> What's number the, two. Number two, yeah. <laughs> number two is, we talked about the ADD and the focus, right? Also, something that I've read, is a book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Yes, And yes. in The Power of Now, he makes a comment about being fully present, mm-hmm. which is also another way of saying really focused on what you're doing right now, right here. Yes. And being fully present happens naturally in dangerous circumstances because you have to be, right? Yes. And he mentioned auto racing mountain climbing, Mm -hmm. um, motorcycle racing. Where there's serious repercussions if you're not focused. Yes. Uh, Surfing. Uh, You've got to be utterly focused. Yes. Fully present. I recommend that book because if you like a little bit of philosophy and you want to understand the way your brain works better, it was was huge to me. Yeah. I learned a lot. It's a great book. I have that on my shelf as well. Great, great. Oh, great. Yeah, those are great resources. And again, Cars Yeah listeners, you can find all these resources that Randy has shared with us at carsyeah.com slash Randy Popst. And Randy's last name is P-O-B-S-T. All right, Randy, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy for some people. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but money's no object, I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like today. What would that one car be and why? It's not very old. I hope it's old enough. It's okay. from the late 90s, uh-huh. a McLaren F1 oh, street car. yes, yes, of course. And what, what is it about that car that just pulls on your heartstrings? The center seating position, Yep. the naturally aspirated, I think it's a 6-liter V12 BMW engine. Yes. Making 600 and something horse, the way it looks, and the designer, Gordon Murray, who I think understands how to make a car handle. Unfortunately, I had an opportunity to drive one years ago up at Lime Rock just for the fun of it, and mm-hmm. I turned it down like a fool. Oh. I've never never been behind the wheel of one. I want to try out a McLaren F1, and if I could have any one car, I think that's my current choice. Oh, wonderful. Oh, those things are spectacular. Yes, and several other, yes. several other guests on Cars Yeah here have have selected that vehicle, and I think I know why. Yeah, they're uh, really? yeah, very special cars. Well, listen, Randy, 
You've taken us on a great ride today, and, and I've so enjoyed your stories. I knew this was going to be fun. I've known about you and followed you for so many years, and it's a great treasure and pleasure for me to talk to you today. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Could you give our listeners one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that McLaren F1? <laughs> if you love it, never give up. Ah, yes, never give up. I think you're you're a tenacious perseverance is in your vocabulary and it's very obvious to me and that's why you've been able to do what you've been able to do your whole life and that is have fun in cars and that's what cars yeah are all about so i'll remind everybody that you can find all these links on randy's show notes page at cars slash randy popes just put randy in the search box and his show notes page will pop right up randy thank you for being so generous with your time and your expertise i know you're getting ready to go racing here and and uh, you need to get moving. But I want to thank you for sharing your experience with the Cars Yow listeners and with me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much, Mark. What a great opportunity. You're welcome. And be safe out there. Have fun. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!